Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. He's trying to figure out who his coach is and yeah. where the practice field is. And my locker is where? You know, he's still in that phase of becoming a Carolina Panther. So trying to say that, you know, they know what the roles are for all these guys is kind of crazy to think about right now. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. That's right. It's that time of the week. Kristen Balboni here with Augusta Stone and Darren Gant. Guys, what's up? Happy end of preseason. Happy almost regular season. It's great to see you both. Good to see you. We're so close. It's September. It September is, 1st. It is September 1st. Somebody asked me this morning in the office if I knew what today was. And I said, what do you mean do I know what today is? Thursday? And he said, no, what it's the anniversary of? And I said... Mm-mm. And he's like, Appalachian State beat Michigan on September 1st. And my response was, today's September 1st? I'm impressed that you knew it was Thursday. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'm still not, my days are still not right from the preseason. Yeah, it's uh, when you go through that schedule and you get on football coach time and Monday's a Wednesday and, you know, and so forth, it, uh, it gets a little confusing. But we're here. We made it. We have. We've made it. And uh, not only are we on football coach time, we are on front office time. And Scott Fitter has been busier than ever. And that's saying something because we know this man likes to wheel and deal. He has done plenty of that. We've had some trades happen. Uh, we've had the roster cut down to what some might say is the final 53, but we know it here <laughs> at the Panthers as the initial 53 because we know that it will change much more over the coming weeks. But I would love to get just your initial thoughts on the roster cuts, starting with you, Darren. Well, one of the most amazing things to me to consider from where they've been and where they are now is the sentence, the Panthers traded an extra offensive lineman because they had too many. Can you Roll imagine that, that around in your head for a minute. What is the what is the time point that that would have sounded ridiculous? Six months ago? Eight months ago? Yeah, I mean, it was insane. Last year, we were talking about 14 lineups in 17 weeks, bringing guys in off the street who were playing on Sundays. It, it was just alarming. And to have a surplus that you could send Dennis Daly to Tennessee for basically a fifth-round pick, uh, Dennis in a seven for a five, um, and, and he was drafted in the sixth round three years ago. So it was basically a free three-year rental on Dennis, who was a, a serviceable player. I mean, Dennis was um, – he had done some things. I mean, he has value for somebody in the NFL, but he just got caught in a numbers game here where he probably wasn't going to make the roster, at least in its current incarnation, because they're going long at a couple of positions. So 
Nine was the number of offensive linemen they were going to keep. If they'd have kept ten, it would probably been Dennis. But, um, yeah, it's just alarming to me to think that they are at the stage after bringing in Icky, after drafting Cade Mays, after um, going out and signing Corbett and Bozeman, that all of a sudden they have too many offensive linemen. Yeah, not a bad position to be in. Augusta doesn't even know those days. <laughs> this was the before Augusta times. It was. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they were dark times sometimes. Oh. They were, uh, yeah, it was a mess every now and then. But, yeah, that to me was kind of the move, even though it wasn't the biggest move of the week. It's like the thing that signals how far they've come as a roster. And putting this thing together, I mean, last year that offensive line was a liability. I think it's fair to say that, and that's probably charitable. And now all of a sudden, I'm not going to go so far as to say the strength of the roster, but it is not a place where you're like, oh, my God, they've got to do something about fill in the blank. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are so many other blanks that they're still working on. Right so, Darren, now. you said that was not maybe the, the biggest move of the week. So I would love to know in, in you guys' mind, what was the biggest move of the week? Biggest move of the week, Augusta. Do you think it's Lavisca Chenault? I think it's a I think maybe that's a size big wise. Right. It's the biggest move because he's a he's a very well put together yeah. receiver. I think it was interesting how many wide receivers they kept. You know, and that's something we've talked about. But it's depending on where where do they see Andre Roberts. You know what I mean? Like obviously he's more of a return guy. He's being counted in the numbers at least in our articles. You know, seven wide receivers. But in theory, you know, you bring in Chenault and then you think. Or at least I thought, I think a lot of people thought, you know, okay, so what's going to happen here, like attrition-wise to the receiver room? And there wasn't a ton, you know. I mean, there was, like, the people we thought, but they kept uh, Shai Smith and Rashard Higgins both. They kept Andre Roberts and Chenault, at least on the initial 53. Yeah, and once now that they're down to 53, the next thing that's going to come up is who's on that game day 46. Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out inactives, that receiver room is going to be really interesting. Tune in to Panthers.com at 1130. a.m. on Ooh. September 11th because that first inactive list of the year will be curious because they can't keep all six of – I mean, Andre will be up to return. I mean, you almost have to consider him – it says wide receiver on the roster, but he's down here with J.J. and Hecker uh, and the specialist in their little category. But on on game day, you know, between Shy, Terrace, Higgins um, – Robbie, LaVisca, DJ, you can't keep all six of those guys up on game day. And and where it becomes a little complicated is with uh, a guy like Brandon Zilstra no longer here, Mm -hmm. none of those guys are really known as special teams players or people we even think would contribute a lot on special teams, at least for right now. Brandon Zilstra for the past two years has been that person that you are describing. Yeah, he's been that guy, and there's no more Brandon on this roster, and and we'll miss Brandon. He was a great human being in addition to a a very good special teams player and the best backup kicker in the NFL. (laughs) Um, But... At the same time, trying to figure out how all those guys fit is going to be an evolving thing. And they talked about that yesterday with Chanel coming in. You know, they see all these different roles for him, and he could do a little of this and a little of that and a little of this. He's walking around meeting people. He's trying to figure out who his coach is and where the practice field is and my locker is where and how do I get there? Do I need a key? You know, he's still in that phase of becoming a Carolina Panther, so trying to – say that you know they know what the roles are for all these guys is kind of crazy to think about right now. Is it a good problem to have that you have all these different configurations that uh, unfortunately you're going to have to leave at least somebody out on game day? Yeah. Or 
do you wish you had it more set, more guys that can do more things, Darren? You know, I think it does. There is a question to be asked about, you know, if they show up in this personnel all the time and do this, is that a sign? Uh, but I think that a couple of those guys, I mean, You're giving things away by your inactives. Right. right. And I think a couple of those guys, especially DJ and Chenault, because they can do so many different things, mm-hmm. and Robbie can play multiple positions. People, people see Robbie as just a straight-line speed guy, but Robbie caught a lot of balls across the middle two years ago. Yes, uh, we saw him in a lot of different situations a, in that first year with Joe fella, Brady. For a little he's not afraid to go across the middle. He's got some toughness about him in that regard. And uh, now I say little, and, and the Chenault experience is just when you see him out there next to Robbie, it's like, whoa, those two are different. Um because Robbie's legs are about as big around as my pen, and Chenault's got these big tree trunk legs. But um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, having a couple of guys who can do different things, at least at the top of that, I think Shy's still trying to figure out where he fits in. Tara's still trying to figure out. And, and they talk about those guys being able to learn how to do multiple things, but I don't think any of them are, are there quite yet. Still young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Still with, with year players, plenty so. to learn and improve on, no doubt about it, although they have great potential. I also want to talk about what I think is an incredibly significant move, which is that the Panthers have their kicker, Eddie Pinheiro. At least it seems that way, right? They have, right. Uh, they have signed a kicker. Um, certainly just awful, awful news about Zane Gonzalez and his groin injury. I was standing very close when it happened. It's just something you just never, ever want to see. Zane, just incredible guy really provided stability for the Panthers at that position. Mm. And um, it's not – the Panthers have also – you talked about the offensive line struggles over the last two years until Panthers were able to find Zane Gonzalez. Um, That position was one where there wasn't a lot of stability. So so – Augusta's also not uh, able to remember the dark times at kicker. You know, the Joey Sly experiment, the Ryan Santoso era, which gave us a great meme, if nothing else. Great mustache. Um, Fantastic mustache. Um, not sure what I was more impressed with, his mustache or LaVisca Chenault's tree trunk legs. Um, <laughs> at any rate, oh uh, I digress. Um, That's what we're here for. Yeah, but they um, they had finally sorted that thing out and saying, you know, not just provided stability, he was hitting all his kicks. He had made 17 straight field goals prior to that Buffalo game last year. He was a, what, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week yep. several times? Yep, and... and when you when you find that stability and somebody's playing really well and then you have to get back into the revolving door and bringing guys in and you know even even though Pinero's the guy for right now I would be surprised if they don't continue to work out kickers and just keep the list up and and see what's out there in case he's not the answer to that position but you know we'll see he's at least got some background with Chris Tabor I'm looking forward to talking to him a little bit about that when we catch him later on but he's um you know, when you're looking for kickers in the first week of September, that's kind of the spot you're in. So, Augusta, this has been your first time with you come from you come from the college world. This has been your first time when it comes to um, cuts, which is an 
an emotional process for a lot of guys. It's um, your head spinning around a little bit. So what have you made of this whole process in order to get the roster down to the initial 53? I would I will say like even though you know you're prepared for like the emotions of everything and everyone tells you you know it, it is there is a mood. I think that's that's the biggest thing you know. And even in the days leading up to it, there's like almost a tension. I think the oh, change yeah. in mood is one of those things that's very different again from covering college where it's like that level of intensity. It's where I've heard it so many times this week and it's so true. It's like you realize this this is a business you know what I mean and that's it's you know it's football and it's fun and it's passionate and everyone loves it but I mean even talking with the coaches and the players it's like you see you know hey that was my buddy and now you know he's heading to Seattle or you know this 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 Chenault story you know whenever he came up Darren wrote it so well but um you know he drove up with his mom five hours from Jacksonville in his electric car and it's like you think about five just, hours but turned into what eight, eight when having yep, to charge true. the electric car which is incredible <laughs> Eight driving hours. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently no superchargers along the <laughs> I-95, I-77 corridor through South Carolina. But you so. just, I don't know, you just realize like there's, these are, these are people's lives. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing. And it's, and their lives are being uprooted and mm-hmm. changed, changed and shifted and all these different things. Um, And, you, you know, you know that you read it on paper, but to see it play out, you know, it's, it's been fascinating. And I try not to get, you know, my heart into it too much. I'm like, okay, this is just the way it is. Everyone will be fine. But Oh, know. learning from Darren <laughs> a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. No, Darren, Darren portrays still... himself as a tough guy, but he's a softy inside. I know it. Don't, don't let him tell don't, you different. Don't tell anybody. I've got an image to uphold. But no, it is it is bizarre. And when you when you are in the building, when you're around these people on cut day, and you see somebody getting on an elevator, or you see somebody going downstairs to grab somebody, it's like you cringe because you know what's coming, and you just. You know, you try to keep your eyes down, sort of avoid eye contact a lot of times on a day like that because it's awful. And, I mean, for every – even the undrafted rookies, these guys always dreamed of getting to the NFL. And if it's somebody who no one imagined ever had a shot to make it, they thought they had a shot to make it. So um, it's always a tough day. And that's – we talk about the 53, but 864 dudes became unemployed all at once the other day. Yeah. It's like, yikes. But the flip side of that is, because the business does go on, there's also an excitement among the coaches and the personnel staff because it's like, okay, you've got your 53. Mm-hmm. This is what we were building toward. Now we know what it looks like. Now it's a little more tangible. Now it's real. And – you know, you start looking at the way that thing's put together now, and it is far from a finished product because, like we said, seven wide receivers, six defensive tackles at the moment. I mean, that's probably not the way they're going to go into the <laughs> Cleveland game. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But they're short on linebackers, only five linebackers. And that kind of, you know, going back to Zilstrick, kind of leaves you a little thin on the punt team mm-hmm. because Brandon was such a – core special teamer on all four of them, and now you've got to figure out, okay, what do you do with that? Because Frankie Louvu's regular on the punt team. Frankie Louvu's probably not going to be running down every punt while starting at linebacker and playing a bigger role this year. So there's a lot of moving parts, and it's going to be curious to see how this thing shakes out in the next couple of days. Yeah, talking to, to Baker during the preseason game, I said, what are you most looking forward to in, in the next two weeks? And he said, you know, as hard as it is, knowing that some of the guys here at the time are, are not going to be with us, having that initial 53 and just being able to start putting the plan together, being able to start really getting comfortable um, with who my guys are on that offense, mm-hmm. is it a really, really exciting 
time, right? This is it's now we're now we're preparing for the things that matter. So so cannot wait to see that. So I'd love to know, uh, Darren, from you and you know Augusta. This will be your first time going through it as well. Can you tell everybody? What is what's the coaching staff? What's it going to be doing the next couple of weeks? Like what starts now that you have your initial 53 and then also front office besides linebackers? What are they focused in on? Yeah, I I think for the coaching staff, I think Matt used the phrase, it's a weird week because they're not completely getting into Cleveland game planning. They're doing a little bit of that stuff. The coaches are working on a lot of game plan stuff behind the scenes. But on the practice field, they're using Wednesday, Thursday as just kind of teaching tools. Mm-hmm. It's a day to polish up their own stuff. They they did some extended team periods yesterday, did a lot of work on two-minute and situational stuff. Um, and I think they tried to use it as almost bonus practices because mm-hmm. when they finish up Thursday afternoon or this afternoon, yes, it's Thursday. Um, I already forgot, and you said it very clearly earlier today. It is Thursday, know, September right? it 1st. It is absolutely Thursday, and it will be all day today. <laughs> when um, you said Wednesday and Thursday practice, I could have. I, I was like, yeah, today's Tuesday, right? Was yeah, that a day sure, or two practice? Sure no idea. Is. But they, they've tried to hold off on installing a lot of game plan and stuff like that. They'll get that next week after the players get a weekend off because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off days for the guys and for us, and, and really the last – until week 13 when the bye hits it you know that's going to be our next three-day weekend Mm -hmm. we don't have to be in this building and look (laughs) at football and deal with football although we'll still be dealing with the way darren is holding his temples right now thinking about that (laughs) joyful how many weeks to week 13 13 minus zero is 13 that's right um yeah but anyway it's um so that's the coaching why, staff. That's yes. the coaching staff. Personnel is going to still be polishing this thing. And and I was talking to uh, some folks down there this morning, and it's still moving. And, and they're still trying to figure out how to get this guy, this guy, this guy. You know, what do you do here, here, here at this position? You know, there's a lot of stuff happening, and it, and it will continue to. They've got a practice squad. You know, you want to talk about – uh, LaVisca's travels, Jacob Eason, the new quarterback who's coming in on the practice squad. Uh, Augusta knows a little something about him. He went to Georgia yes. for like two minutes. He's probably <laughs> going to be a little bleary-eyed because he just got cut by Seattle, and I think he was in on a red eye. Aren't we all bleary-eyed? Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not trying really to take are. away from Jacob Eason's trouble. Yeah. That, is a, that is a long flight. Yeah, that's a long flight. So he's going to probably catch a nap somewhere here yeah. in the stadium before practice today. We're going to walk past him out of the podcast studio just with a pillow. Yeah, yeah. he'll be laid out in the hall hiding in the press box. Um but yeah, he's here, new quarterback on the practice squad, should be out on the practice field today. So there's a lot of stuff going on and just it's almost like you set that board and then you look at it and say, yeah, we need one of those. We need yeah. a little bit more of this. And they they were just trying it and Scott's whole thing throughout was keep the best 53. And there were guys again, they've got six defensive tackles on the roster, but you know, it sounds weird, but they really like Marquan McCall, the undrafted yes. rookie from Kentucky. They like what Phil Hoskins has done. They they have seen the promise of Davion Nixon and and what he can do. And he's another guy who can do different things. I mean, he can probably play defensive end, honestly, um, because of his length. But he is, you know, they've got a bunch of individual guys that they wanted to keep. And so you keep the ones you want and then figure out how to put the pieces together. And that's sort of where they are this week. I, I wonder... If you're a fan and you are not following this as much as we all are, how 
confident should the fans be feeling about this roster, knowing, of course, that it is going to change uh, before we get to week one with Cleveland, before we get to Sunday, September 11th, and then even after that as well. Um, and Augusta, I know that you can't compare it to the last couple of years that, that Darren and I have been here, but I would say for me, I, I think you feel pretty confident as a Panthers fan from everything that I've seen in the building. It is a very different uh, team and it was constructed very differently and there are opportunities available because of the draft, because of certain um, trades this feels like a, a team that is way deeper than it's been the last two years. And as both Matt Rule and Scott Fitter have said, we're you know we had to to cut guys, which has not been the case. You know we've been looking around at the fifty three man cuts um, right. in the past two years. So you're in a position, like you said, where you can can trade a Dennis Daly, where someone like Justin Burris, who's been a starter the last couple of years, is now on the practice squad. I'm feeling optimistic, Augusta. How do you think the fans should be feeling? I feel like I, I think you explained it so well, especially with like I, I think the decisions before cut day, you know, trading Dennis Daly, getting LaVisca Chanel here. And then like you mentioned, you know, uh, Justin Burris to practice squad, all of that, even though he was a starter. I think there is a sense of optimism in the willingness to make moves like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. to be to be willing to, okay, we're gonna try this and it's not, you know, scorched earth or anything. You know, it's like they're they're like they're but they're exciting moves and they're they're reasons to be like, okay, you know, like 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 uh Darren said, you know, they're looking at the board right now. They're they know kind of what they're looking for. They're not settling for things, you know, just because, oh, we need to do it by now, you know. And and I think there's a level of patience and also a level of quick movement, swift movement. Uh, all of that together, I think, is a reason for optimism. And they have a good start right now. You know, I mean, there's like different pieces, obviously, that are going to change. But there's a solid basis here. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Really beautifully put. I can tell you're a writer in the way that you said Thank that. That you. was just really, really beautifully <laughs> She's put. She's good at this. It's eloquent. Uh, Darren, one thing that we haven't actually talked about when we're talking about all the moves and, and all the questions is quarterbacks. So a couple of weeks ago right. when we did this podcast, we had four quarterbacks in that room. <laughs> now there are two healthy quarterbacks in that room, Baker Mayfield right. and P.J. Walker. Of course, Matt Corral with the Liz Frank injury a couple of weeks ago in the preseason game against the Patriots. And then Sam Darnold, the high ankle sprain in yep. um, the third preseason game against the Bills the other night. Are we worried about that? Is the uh... you know it's 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 not ideal uh, for your backup quarterback to be missing the first month of the season, but uh, it's better than your starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the scale of things to freak out about, you know it, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. And and Sam, you know, say whatever you want about Sam, he's handled this situation well and with grace and he's actually played really well and and if you saw practice the way we did the the days after the decision you you understand why people want to have Sam Darnold on the roster and want him in the locker room Sam can make throws and Sam can make plays so um it's going to be an adjustment I mean PJ is a guy who PJ's seen some stuff man in his career he he was basically he he knew honestly, that he was probably going to be on the outside looking in of this roster because they trade for Baker. They draft Matt Corral, and he's looking at the numbers saying, well, you know, they're probably not going to keep four. So yeah, um, I, I think P.J. had some awareness. But P.J. was also with the Colts when Andrew Luck retired at the end of training camp. So weird situations are nothing new for P.J. Walker. And, you know, I, I think when you go out um, – 
people talk about quarterbacks a lot because they're quarterbacks, but PJ having been around here, he's had the five months with Ben McAdoo, whatever. So, you know, I think when you start thinking about who your backup might be, a lot of people would be tempted to go out and bring in a guy from outside. Well, then you're training someone mm. uh, on the fly. And could you go out and find some vet? I guess. But you're not going to find anybody on the street immediately who's going to be more help to you today than P.J. Walker is. It's a great point. Great point. And, uh, you know, we've already got to bring LaVisca Chenault up to speed. Baker Mayfield did just get here two weeks before training camp, so everyone is is still learning. But I, I think that's just such a great point, Darren. Um, and uh, I think, you know, hopefully Baker Mayfield stays healthy. We have no reason to believe that he won't. Um, and as uh, as you said, Darren, the initial assessment with Sam was, what, six to eight weeks? And now they're yeah. thinking it's more four to six weeks. And that was from... Uh, after the preseason game. Right, and so, and so the news was better than maybe they anticipated. And if you saw him go down and be carted off in that game against Buffalo, which was just a nightmare third quarter, by the uh, way, Zane and Sam having a bang-bang just like that, um, it, it was reasonable to wonder if it was going to be longer than that. But fortunately for Sam, it's it's not as bad. Matt said that yesterday, you know, we, we were afraid it was going to be six to eight. We get in there and look around, maybe it's going to be four to six now. So that's good news. Um, but uh, and you're happy for Sam. He's he's still Sam. He's walking around in his boot. He's on the bike. You know, just being Sam. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that I respect about the guy is how steady he is. I mean, he's in a you know nobody enjoys being injured, but Sam's not uh, showing any visible signs of you know distress or anything like that. He's he's still good to. Good guy to have around. I was just thinking, I mean, if you didn't see the boot, if you just saw him from like the torso up, you wouldn't think there's anything wrong. Yeah. Like he just walks in. He's in a great mood. I was I was just when when Darren was talking about quarterbacks, I mean, think about personalities, especially you think about Sam and PJ. I mean, these are just two guys that are just they're very steady people. PJ, yeah. when we talked with him, I talked with him in the locker room after the game, just gracious. Just, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, he I asked him, I was like, You see half the quarterback room get hurt. You know, what are your emotions? And he was like, Man, I mean, you know, it's it's awful to see, but you know, I'm here and this is my job. And like, I mean, just be able, like, like Darren said, you know, he saw the writing on the wall, you know, with Matt Crow coming in, with Baker Mayfield coming in, but he still stayed steady, and now he's back up week one, probably. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you have you create you have these personalities in this room, creating this atmosphere of like good senses and good vibes. I don't know. I just it, it's a good vibes. They're they're good people. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think you both said it really well throughout this episode, and I would bet producer Matt will make it the title of this episode reasons for optimism is feels like the theme of of this week even though we don't know what day it is we don't know if it's thursday if it's tuesday you know and we're not even on the field but i think there are a lot of reasons for optimism so i appreciate both of you guys coming in and sharing that with the fans this has been a lot of fun and we'll see everybody next week on the happy half hour podcast Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? 
a wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.